This seventh episode of the Peace on Drugs podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola, circa Atlanta, 1886. As you already know, Atlanta and Fulton County have passed legislation prohibiting the use of alcohol. And some of you missed that sweet, sweet rush of Pimbleton's French wine coca. Fret not, ETLians, because we have a new non-alcoholic beverage that packs quite the punch. The brand new Coca-Cola, the temperance drink. You can get a glass of this refreshing soda down at Jacob's Pharmacy right here in Atlanta for only five cents a glass. Coca-Cola is a patent medicine and can cure everything from morphine addiction to indigestion to impotence. Come on down to Jacob's and get a glass of Coca-Cola made from the finest African cola nuts and the best Colombian cocaine. Trouble concentrating at the textile mill? Does Dorothy want to spice things up in the bedroom? Or simply want to add a little joy to your 1886 black and white pre-AM radio life? Come on down to the soda fountain. Bring a nickel. Have a glass of ice-cold Coca-Cola. Enjoy Coca-Cola, circa Atlanta, 1886. This commercial was in no way associated with the Coca-Cola Corporation. And warning, using cocaine may result in high blood pressure, insomnia, it may be habit-forming, it will be fun, and may result in random unsolicited pitching of business ventures to your friends and neighbors. Okay, I chose Coca-Cola as this week's fake sponsor for a few reasons. First, Coca-Cola is in the news right now because Georgia is in the news right now for these new voter restriction laws. As far as the laws go, I've heard both sides, and I'm not an expert in this area, so I don't want to get too political here. However, it does seem to me like the Republican lawmakers in Georgia are trying to rewrite the voter restriction laws so that the state won't go blue again the next time around. I mean, it seems pretty obvious. Uh, To quote Hunter S. Thompson, Republicans have never approved of democracy and they never will. It goes back to pre-industrial America when only white male property owners could vote. Now, if you're a Republican and you disagree, then you 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 should speak out against voter restrictions that mathematically discriminate against the poor. And again, I've heard arguments on these new Georgia laws on both sides, and I don't think, or I do think the GOP is up to something. But um, I've also heard some intelligent people who are more educated than I am on this topic, and they've said that the left is overreacting and that the laws won't make a difference to the. Uh, and to, to that view, I find myself leaning on the side of incredulous. But uh, this is not a political podcast uh, necessarily, though the war on drugs is a very political topic, and um, who we elect is very important. And my biggest problem with the Republicans is that they are like they're the evangelical party, and they have a horrible record when it comes to the war on drugs. And don't get me wrong, so have the Democrats, but the Republicans have been much worse. So um, so last I saw, Coca-Cola was getting heat from everyone, and this company being dragged into a political fight really illuminates our current lose-lose climate. Um, it's a climate that I've just walked into myself by talking about the issue, um, but in a way you get dragged in if you don't talk about it. So, um, so first, uh, Coca-Cola got hell from the left, saying we should boycott Coke because they didn't speak out against the voter laws. Then when the laws passed, Coca-Cola did speak out against the laws, and the left said it's too late. But now the right and like dickbags like Ted Cruz are calling for the boycott of Coca-Cola because they spoke out against the laws. I mean, Coke just wants everyone, blue or red, to enjoy their products. But now because they're an Atlanta company, they've been dragged in and are now getting kicked by both sides. I mean... And, you know, if it takes uh, if it takes beating up on Coke to unite this country, then I say, Coke, you got to step up and take one for the team. Now, when this is over and Coke is all bruised and beaten, but our country is united again, can we please repay them by allowing them a new throwback product? 
You know, like when they did the 80s throwback with real sugar? Let's have an 1886 throwback. You know, limited, sure, if, if that's what you, you, know, you need to do. But, uh, but come on, America, they saved us. Let's have some 1886 original Coca-Cola. Um, seriously, though, uh, if these laws are to, are, if they're to restrict poor communities and African Americans from voting or to make it harder for them, then no American should be on board with this. Um, and if the laws actually somehow make sense and are really just for securing elections and they do expand voter access, as the Republicans are saying, then let's not overreact. But no matter what side you're on, whatever side you're on, do not expect every person talking about this to have a PhD in political science. Uh, most opinions are fueled by emotions and are backed up by someone I heard on my favorite news channel, which is usually a comedy show or a reality TV show like Fox News or CNN. So if we disagree, we have a right to our opinion, but let's let the experts duke it out in the ring. And let's, you know, sure, we can cheer them on and we can cheer on our favorite side, but let's not throw chairs into the crowd of the opposing side. You know what I mean? So moving on. The second reason I picked Coke is because my guest today is Dustin Matthews. He's one of my oldest friends. And um, him and I, when we were 19 years old, we moved to Atlanta for a very brief time. So everything, with everything going on, I thought it was a nice coincidence. Um, uh, also, uh, Dustin had an addiction to uppers, different things. One of them, of course, was cocaine, which actually was an original ingredient for co- uh, in Coca-Cola. Anyway, that's all I'll say in his addiction because we touched on it very briefly, but he didn't want to dig too much into his past because it had some darkness that you know, he'd rather just leave in the ground. So um, Dustin now grows cannabis for a medical marijuana company here in Florida. But again, this was a topic we couldn't talk much about. The company doesn't want the employees talking to people like me and using their name because they don't want anything that's said to be representative of the, com- of the company. So... Um, Unfortunately, because the companies are not providing recreational weed but are instead medical, they have to be super careful. So the two main things I wanted to cover with Dustin, his profession growing cannabis and his overcoming addiction, we were unable to really get into. We did, however, uh, talk about some fun times in our youth. And um, if any of you listened to my first podcast with Michael O'Neill, then you'll remember um, when I talked about my first acid trip at school. Well, Dustin was my friend who tripped with me and talked me off the ledge when I was freaking out and wanted to turn myself into the principal, which would have been a horrible idea. So I had a good conversation with my childhood friend, Dustin Matthews. It was short and sweet due to the, conversa- uh, the conversational limits, but it was, a, it was great catching up with him, and I hope you enjoy. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug Drugs are menacing our society. Any thoughts on the drug problem? I had a great time doing drugs. <laughs> So tonight, from our family to yours, from our home to yours, thank you for joining us. This is the piece on drugs. On drugs. All right, so I'm here with my, my childhood friend, haven't talked to you in a few years, uh, Dustin Matthews. Uh, we hey. went, to, went to high school together. How you been? Doing good, man. How you been? Doing really good, man. It's uh, awesome. You also live, live in Florida now, but we're doing a, a podcast remotely because you live. Is it Destin? I live in Tallahassee. Tallahassee, okay. But yeah, so mm-hmm. it's that's probably about an eight-hour drive from me. But uh, I've actually never been to Tallahassee, but you're not far from like the beach in Panama. You should, you should come visit me, man. I will. Actually, I was going <laughs> to ask you because I. Right, so uh, real quick, I'll just. Um, let my listeners know that you you grow uh, medical marijuana for a living for a company that you cannot mention, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, it is one of the medical marijuana companies in Florida, and um, and so I was going to ask you if I do come visit, any way I can get a tour of the facility. 
Oh, no, they don't do that. <laughs> I didn't think so. My, I thought it was worth my asking. wife has never seen where I work. <laughs> Damn. That's such a shame. But I got to say, of all the people I grew up with, that's the job for you, man. Like, that's because how, how we met was through our interest in smoking weed. Yeah, it was the UFO bong. That's right. It was uh, so sure. we had mutual friends. Um, I believe it was Greg and Justin that introduced us because we all skateboarded mm-hmm. and I smoked pot. So immediately, and, and y'all lived in the neighborhood behind ours. It was like a trail. That you well, can actually, I, I I grew up in your that neighborhood. That's why I was over there. Wait, you grew up in, in Huntington Forest. Huntington Forest. Yeah, I lived in Huntington Forest as a kid. What? And then moved away, and then came back. No <laughs> and sure. that's when you met me when I was coming back. That's crazy. Uh, that that's actually like, I'm sure I knew that back then, but I just don't remember that. Um, well, you know, drugs. But it was the Huntington Forest, right? The woods right by my house. <laughs> stupid dogs are barking. Um, I shouldn't say stupid; they're sweet. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we had a little field by my house and some woods, and I remember uh, you can't you coming with Justin and uh, Greg, and I didn't know you, but you, you you were all excited. You pulled this out of your backpack, this UFO bomb with an alien on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we sat there and we got so fucking baked. Oh yeah, <laughs> pretty much all <laughs> Those we were the days. Yeah, I mean, not much has changed really. Except for that, um, <laughs> where we actually have you know we have our shit together. That's a big difference. When I was in high school, yeah. getting that high, I didn't. Uh, didn't I didn't have do anything my... together. No, <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've come a long ways from that, mainly in the last ten years. Yeah, I think me too. I think honestly, I think uh, smoking that much weed when you're that young is um, it's not good for your growth mentally. No, it's so, it's, it's definitely not. Yeah, it stunts it. So I, I think marijuana is an me- amazing substance that has a lot of medicinal purposes. But I think blazing it the way we did when you're 15 years old is not necessarily good for you. Um, actually, I don't think it's good for you anyway. Uh, but um, nah. but once nah, your mind's actually, developed, I think once you have a, you know, once you get into your twenties, I think smoking weed's a fun, a fun activity to spend your time doing, even if you don't need it medically. I know. That, so you grew up medically, and um, mm-hmm. do you guys um, like concentrate on different strains for different things, or do you just more come up with the strains and let the doctors decide what to use it for? No, that's all above me. <laughs> gotcha. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like that. That I just, I just grow. That's that's, but that's a fucking fun job, right? Yeah, oh, it's real fun, dude. It's like like all the stuff that we worshipped in the magazines, like high times when we were growing mm-hmm. up, you get to see that every day at work. And, yeah. and not risk going to prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the main thing. You don't go to jail for it. As long <laughs> as you don't you know, do it at home or, or try to steal. <laughs> now, do you have your medical card? No, I do not. No. Surprising. Yeah. Oh, I, I know too many growers. But yeah, well, I had my medical card, and it's like it's cheaper to just buy it from a guy. And, yeah, I mean, and you don't have to pay the fees at the doctors and the fees at the um, for the government. It's like I'll just smoke yeah. it like, until we, once we get a recreational. Like I can't wait yeah, for that, that to happen. Yeah. Oh no, I can't either. And I, mean, I think COVID messed that up because there was a uh, a petition and I signed it for them to put recreational weed on the ballot in 2020. But mm-hmm. um, I think the COVID kind of stopped them from being able to go out and get get signatures, so they didn't get enough signatures. So. Yeah. Yeah, because I heard it was going to be on the ballot too, but. Uh, it definitely was not. <laughs> no, and I was very disappointed because I was not. I was not excited about voting for the, either president. I was like, this, this is my choices suck here. But I was like, at least I could get to vote for marijuana. That's something to go out for, and it wasn't on there. And I was, I was very upset about that. Yeah, me too. Me as well, sir. 
But um, so yeah, so we and also I've also told the story the first time I did acid, I told on my first podcast, and that was you and me. You remember that the sugar cube before school? Oh yeah, I didn't know that was your first time. That was well. I actually, I believe my first time I eat like a like a half of a gel tab or a quarter of a gel tab. So I had a little bit of flowery kind of like, oh, acid's kind of cool. I'll eat one of these sugar cubes before school. Way, way, way stronger. Oh uh, yeah, that I remember that day very vividly because <laughs> you were having a terrible day and I was having a great one. I know, and because we didn't have first period together, so I ate it. And you're like, it'll take a little bit to kick in. You'll know when it does. I was like, all right. So I go in the first period, and I don't remember the girl's name, but there was this girl who was like a year older than us, and she um, she was a, like a girl that partied all the time, and I knew she did drugs, mm. so I told her. She was sitting in front of me, and I said, hey, I, just t- I took acid today for my first time, you know, and she's like, what? She's like, I would <laughs> never do that, and right then it kicked in. Like, I would never do that. I was like, oh, why not? She's like, at school, and I'm like, oh, shit, did I fuck up? And then, and then Chris Winkle, I remember Chris Winkle turned around with his hands and did one of those... You know, people that don't know about those go, but it actually did fuck with me. He was like, and I was like, no. And dude, it was fucking bizarre, man. And the, remember, the teacher was, we had this rule where you couldn't pick up your, uh, you could have a drink in class, but you couldn't take a sip from it. The drink had to sit, you had to leave it on the floor until the class was over. But I immediately was like, I have to drink something. So I grab it and I just start chugging this Coke. And the teacher goes, Aaron, and her, her voice echoed. It was like, Aaron, 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 you can't, you can't, 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 can so you like kind of talked me off the ledge. I was like, I think I'm just going to turn myself in, man. So I'm just going to yeah. go to the, I won't bring up your name. You're like, no, the fuck you're not. Sit the fuck down. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Thank God I didn't. Because that trip, I probably would have never done acid again had I turned myself in. Because they would have taken me to the hospital, freaked me out. But it, 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 oh, turned, yeah. cause it turned into a great trip about halfway through the day. But it was about after lunch is when I started to realize I'm okay. I was still tripping balls, but I was like, all right, this is fun. But the first two periods were like a nightmare. And you remember, it was Mr. They were strong sugar cubes too, though. Like, they yeah. were really strong. But what was great about them is that was back when you could get real good LSD, and it was pure. I mean, just from having, looking back and done it, that was some, like, everything's liquid. I mean, it was so fucking cool. And, yeah. um, but that, remember, we, it was Mr. Stewart's class was our second period. And do you remember we had a special guest speaker that day? Yeah, because it was the Army or the Navy. It was the Navy SEAL. Yeah, the, the weirdest like authority figure to come into the class with all of his shit on like I'm the guest speaker and the teacher walks up to me and hands me a piece of paper and the piece of paper says on it how do I become a Navy SEAL and he's like ask that during this class and I look at him and you look at me and you're like let me and you took it from me like I'll ask like you just sit, put your head down and, and then you told that you're like he doesn't feel good and I just put my head down and then you said I was just laughing like I don't feel good but I'm sitting in my head I'm just laughing because the, the shit I saw when I closed my eyes was crazy yeah. Yeah, you told me laser beams were shooting at your face. <laughs> All kinds <laughs> one, of shit. And one of them hit your eyeball and went through it. <laughs> That's It was That's wild. I had never I remember seen, you telling me that. <laughs> I remember seeing that. I remember seeing people morph into like, and then there's like weird sexual things happening where like this one like guy in like a, it was almost from like a tool video, like cut, covered in this weird skin. And then he was shooting like peas and carrots out of a vagina. It was the weird, I was like, what? That's when I was laughing. Like, what the fuck is this? 
<laughs> yeah. Those are the days for had a lot of those moments. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, doing psychedelics when I was young. You know what I found interesting? Uh, Paul Stamets was talking about a study done where he's, he's, a, he's a mycologist, you know, studies mushrooms. But uh, mm-hmm. he was talking about a study done with psilocybin mushrooms where they went around to all the prisons and they asked a certain amount of people, have they ever done uh, psilocybin mushrooms even once? And the people, everybody that answered, the people, the group that answered yes were like 20% less likely to commit a violent crime. I need to get these exact numbers because if I'm going to be talking about it on my podcast, but... I'm not. Yeah. I'm just rounding about. But anyway, less likely to commit violent crimes and stuff like that. And I think the fact that like we did so much psychedelics and we dug it, I think it helped us eventually getting us out of it. Because we have friends that weren't into the psychedelics like us. And I don't want to mention names, but um, mm-hmm. I'll just say this first name, Stephen. You probably saw him on uh, Facebook recently with all the arrest sheet people po- posted up. He just got caught like breaking and entering. Uh, hair no, religion. I did. We can have, we can have a separate conversation about that one. Yeah, we, as long as we don't use last names. I mean, everybody already knows it's out there; it's public. But I don't personally want to throw somebody under the bus like yeah. that. Yeah. But I'm just saying he his thing wasn't psychedelics, and, and I'm not saying that necessarily is what what got us out of there. But I, I don't think it hurt because Rayburn also was big on mushrooms with me. We'd go to Asheville, mm-hmm. and he's another one that got out of Gastonia. So I think that well, yeah. it kind of expanded <laughs> our mind. Not to say that our drug use didn't lead down some dark paths at some points. Oh yes, it did. <laughs> yeah, definitely went down some dark roads. That, which I don't know. I, I feel like weed saved me. Like, like uh, I turned my <laughs> my addiction to that, and I, I guess it kind of paid off in the end. <laughs> definitely does. I you know I, I think that that's the best. If you're gonna have a habit, and some of us like I'm I'm the same way. I don't like mm-hmm. to be sober all the time. I like to be sober sometimes. Like it's fun. And I'll go I'll go a week or two with yeah. nothing. But then it's like I get bored. I want to do something. And yeah. it's, now it's alcohol or weed for me, and I honestly I have more fun when I get high. I mean, oh no, I'll still take mushrooms. Oh no, I, no, I do mushrooms. I'm sorry, I, I I got a big bag right here. I, I, I don't, I don't. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't eat the, I don't eat acid anymore just because it's it's fucking shitty here lately. Like yeah. it just makes me feel like shit, like like really bad at the end. I got some good. I got some decent acid. I got, I have ten strip right now. Uh, some paper. It's the thing is, it's never. It's none of it's as good as the shit we used to get. The visuals aren't the same, but it does last about ten hours, and the come down's not too bad. I mean, it's, it's not. Yeah, bad. for for me, I get more of the feeling of it. That strict ninety lockjaw feeling. Yeah, no, <laughs> the stuff I, I have didn't do that. Anymore. But no, mushrooms are better for one because you're only looking at four to six hours, which is way more manageable when you have a career and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I like microdosing mushrooms. I, just, I, I call it mini dosing because it's more than a micro. I eat like like a half of a gram or a gram and go to work and mm-hmm. kind of be feeling it. And yeah, I, I think it's a lot of fun. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll do that sometimes. But sometimes I get into a weird place where it's like I don't go all the way. It just kind of gives me anxiety. Well, that's what I find with like a half eighth. If I eat a half eighth, I'm like this. I'm not there, and now I have a weird trip, and now I feel like drinking alcohol, and everything gets weird. I need a full eighth. Yeah. I need to get to that place where I'm dancing in the yard, and yes. then, and then <laughs> I'm having fun. Yeah, yeah, that's why I've never, just never big on the microdose because I just I've had that experience where like ah, I just feel funny. If you do too, if you do too much of a microdose, and by, for me, if it's like. Like if, if I eat a gram and a half, then that's too much because now I'm feeling it, but I'm not there. I'm feeling anxiety mostly. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's the same way to me. Have you smoked DMT? No, actually, I have not tried the DMT. Well, next time I come up, if I come up there, I'll bring some. If you, if you uh, want to here, talk. I, I, Yeah, no, I, I'm always open to psychedelics and things like that. Yeah, and it's, um, all, it's only five minutes, but it's the most intense five minutes. And it's honestly amazing. It's like immediately the universe just wraps its arms around you. It's like, I love you. And you just like go to this 
other world. <laughs> it's so cool, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I've definitely. It's, definitely a, li- it's a little bit digital really though. Intense. Like, like sometimes I'll, I'll smoke it, and literally the world turns into a video. I shouldn't say literally. I misuse like, that it's word. Like, but it, it, it's like everything's a video game. Like, like the, my like dog. Analog look. Very analog, very digital. Like, like, like original Nintendo. <laughs> almost yeah, except except for the graphics are better. But it's almost like you're inside an original Nintendo game. Like it's very strange. Like my dog turned into this cartoon character and was moving. And if if you don't cross over, but if you can smoke enough to cross over, you don't see anything in this reality. Everything's just something else. But it's extremely okay. visual. But it's in the same family as mushrooms. It's a trip to me. So, so you mm-hmm. have, so I, even when I've done enough mushrooms, I've went into that DMT space on certain parts of my trip where I'm like not really here. I'm in, like in some places, but I don't stay there long. And I hear ayahuasca mm-hmm. is a lot like that, which I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I want, don't really like about that is if you, you get sick immediately. From what I hear, yeah, you do. Well, well, but part of that's from the shaman because they apparently they try to they want to purify your body, so they actually give you stuff. This is from my understanding. I think the stuff itself mm. might make you somewhat sick, but they actually give you other stuff to purposely make you sick because they want you to kind of throw up. Yeah, it's a re- religious experience. Exactly. And if I do it, man, I'm gonna go to Peru. Well, I have two different sides. My my first guest, Mike, wants to. He's like straight up. Let's go to the jungle. Go to Peru. Get go, somebody that's you know Dennis McKenna recommends like that's not gonna because there's some bad shit that happens mm-hmm. if you go to some sketchy people. But you can go to a reputable place. Go into the jungle or you know the actual Amazon and do it with a shaman. Awesome. But they also have centers like health centers in Costa Rica where you can go to like a clinical, not clinical, but like a more spa setting, more westernized. I'm like that sounds more for me because I'm a westerner, <laughs> man. I don't know if I need to be in the jungle with some well, shaman. Late. Yeah, laying on the ground in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'd like to try both, really. But the the one the ones in Costa Rica actually have, like, you can go for three-week periods, and they do, like, three mushroom trips, and then they do mm-hmm. two ayahuasca sessions, and some of them have peyote sessions mixed in, too. I'm like, that sounds, like, awesome. Spend three weeks at a – and you're doing meditation and yoga and going on hikes in the, in the Costa Rican jungle. That sounds pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely. If I could, if I ever get enough money up to go do that, <laughs> uh, that's the problem. As I looked into it, it's like it's like three or four thousand dollars. But it really, you know what? We have a ketamine clinic here in town, and I was gonna. Um, I'm still trying to get one of them on my podcast, and um, I'm gonna reach back out. But I was gonna do the um, the the clinic because it's it's. But it's yeah. it was four thousand dollars. I was like, I don't know, and it's to treat treat depression. And I'm like, I'm I'm not really depressed anymore. I had to say I was for the thing, but I'm like, yeah. I'm not here to treat depression. I just want to go on a ketamine binge for you know however many sessions yeah, and see what literally. it's about and but i also though i'm under the like i've the belief of there's this term called the betterment of well people just because you're mm-hmm. doing good and you're not that depressed doesn't mean you couldn't be feeling even better so why yeah. why not go do so why do i have to have like uh terminal illness to go get, do mushrooms legally like i sh- i just want to feel better because i'm going to die someday we're all terminal at some point right yeah yeah right <laughs> so. we are <laughs> but yeah dude Fuck. so how'd you get into this business Oh, uh, they made it legal. And you applied for the job? And that was yep. it? That was it. Now, did you start at one of their stores, or did you start right in the grow room? No, I've always worked in uh, cultivation side of things. Now, did you have to go to school for anything? No, but it definitely would have helped. Yeah. Um, I have been reading a lot of books. Uh, with so, botany and stuff? Yeah, just different things on, on plants, how they work, how you feed them. And all you, kinds of things. And uh, you got, y'all get it, you got, Yeah, and then when you get a good strain, like if, so, if I go to the store and I buy one specific strain, and I go back six months later and buy a strain, is that all from the same original plant that they've been cloning, or do they just kind of keep the same seeds from different plants going? No, I wouldn't say it works like that. 
Like, honestly, I, I really don't, don't know how much, I really don't want to talk too much about it just because they're, they're really kind of iffy about that type of stuff. And if you and, mention specific strains, that kind of sells you out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to get really specific in, into that aspect of it, but yeah. Um, uh, like we could talk about that one separately. <laughs> I uh, really yeah, want to know. Definitely. I don't, I don't want to talk about their like business practices and how they, how they, how they cultivate because that can get me in trouble. Okay. Now I'm, 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 I would assume that whenever recreational happens at some point, you'll be able to talk a lot more openly about recreational than you you can. Yeah. The medical guidelines are a lot more strict. It's, it's a medical aspect of it. And, and I, they don't need me to be their PR. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, talk, talking nor, about nor do they want stuff. me. Yeah. Nor do they want me to. So like, I'm just not going to. Well, whether these companies want me to or not, and I won't mention anything specific about you and your companies, but I'm going to be talking about companies, whether they want me to or not, because I love what they're doing. And yeah. now I know that for them, it's just a business, really. I mean, at the end of the day, they're making money. But um, it's yeah. a, it's a, for me, it's a, it's a way to make money, and it's a fun way to make money. If you're going to be mm -hmm. in a market where you get to sell and grow uh, an herb that helps you with all kinds of medical stuff. Also, people like me who got my medical card, you can just go there and say you have anxiety, and they give you a medical card. It's that easy. So really, it's just a yeah, way for them oh, to have legal weed. Yeah, yeah, I, I know it is. <laughs> like, I just, you know, like I just haven't had to. I need to get a card. <laughs> no, I feel you. I, I don't either. I, I had one that expired, and then I was like, eh, they want me to spend yeah. a bunch of money. The biggest thing was trying to figure out how to send the email with the right picture of me and all that crap to the government. I was like, that's that's my, the biggest block for me getting my card. I'll give you the money if you give me the card, but I don't want to go to all these meetings and stuff. Like I'll just buy it from the guy down the road, and I'm good. Yeah, then you have to renew it like every what, eight months. I think it's every seven months you have to go to the doctor, and then every year you have to send money to the state, I believe. Yeah. Something like that. But, um, yeah, and, and my doctor's cool was cool as shit, man. He, uh, the, first, the first day I, um, I got my medical card, or I went, went to the doctor, it was the day before there was this big benefit in our band play. I walk into mm -hmm. the bathroom, and, there's just, and I'm, I'm pretty drunk at this point, and there's this dude doing blow with a key and I was like hey man you got one of them for me and he's like yeah just come here and I was like alright so I did a bump next day I go into the doctor's office and I walk in and that dude is like is like the reception dude but he actually didn't work there I didn't know that he's the guy there though I'm like yo last night what's up he's like what's up man you here to see the doctor I'm like yeah come back here with me so he walks me back there the doctor's wearing a cake shirt like the band cake he's got a full beard he's sitting there drinking a beer and I'm like and the doctor's like whoa whoa like we're not open man like we haven't even opened this business yet I was like, oh, he's like, this dude let me in. He's like, you're not supposed to let people in. He's like, all right, come back next week and I'll make you an appointment. And then next time I show up, he's shaved, got a, got a scrubs on, complete doctor. But... <laughs> he showed up, he wasn't a doctor at all. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was funny. So then like a year later, he came to one of my gigs, just happened, happened to be at the place I was playing at, and he didn't remember me nothing. But he walks up and he tips me, and at the end of the day, I, I was counting my tips. There's a fucking pre-roll joint in there. Like the doctor fucking hooked me up. He didn't even know I was one of his patients. He's like, I'm gonna hook this dude up. <laughs> that's nice. Hell yeah. That's funny. That's, that just goes to show how much things have changed. They so from, much from, have. From, from when we grew up, because like he was like, don't talk about weed on the phone, man. Yeah, the cops are gonna hear. You couldn't even like yeah. send it if you send a page like star four twenty. They're like, you can't send that in the page, man. Yeah. Don't, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Now, now it's it's funny because people don't even give a shit. They're just like, whatever. 
Do whatever you want. <laughs> and they, oh, you smell now that the medicals become as popular as it is. Because the biggest thing was the old people here were totally against it. And now most of the old people are on it. When I went to get my card, it was mostly really old people that actually needed it for medical reasons. So they've all come around on it. So now you mm-hmm. pe- people are walking around that are smoking it. And I know it's not legal to do that, and a cop will do something if they see you. But people don't care. Nobody's calling the cops on you. I mean, I see it all the time now. So that, that's to me, that's awesome. It's it's, all, mm-hmm. it's much more accepted. Yeah, when we grew up, I was going to tell a story. Remember the time we went to Carowinds? Oh, we all got searched? Yeah. <laughs> Carowinds Theme Park. It was. I don't remember. I know it was you, me, I believe, Matt Thornton. Um, uh, yeah, because I think Matt Thornton's mom took us. That would make sense. And I, yeah, I, would, I would imagine Justin and Greg were there. But I don't. Justin was there. I don't remember if Greg was there. I don't think he was, but I can't remember. I just know we all walked down to the woods to smoke a joint. Like, so Carowinds is a theme park right outside of Charlotte. It's like a Six Flags or something. And mm-hmm. so we, we go to Carowinds and we uh, we walk into the park and we decide, you know, we want to get high and ride roller coasters. That was the whole thing. I've ridden mm-hmm. roller coasters my whole life, but I've never done it high. So you're like, let's go to the woods. So we go across the street to the woods. Well, yeah. we, we didn't make it all the way across the street. No, the cops... Don't smoke in the woods in front of Carowinds. They have cameras. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the cops came and they searched us. And also, I think it's strange that we let rent-a-cops that worked at Carowinds search us without any reason, you know? They just they literally went through our pockets and everything. Were they rent-a-cops? I thought they were real cops. I honestly don't remember, but I... I thought, I, I I was pretty, I'm pretty sure they were real cops, bro. Oh, then that, then that would make more sense, but they didn't find anything. No. Because you had it it down your pants. Yep. And I I didn't know. I thought we were all busted. I was like, here we go. And they searched everybody. I'm like, they didn't find it? We get to go? And I was like, like, where was that shit? You're like, right here. I don't remember if we still smoked or if we were just like, let's just not do that here. Well, I had just pulled the bag out, so it was kind of convenience of that. Like, so I just pulled my boxers out and dropped it. It was like turned around with my hands up, so I didn't hear anything. Yeah, that worked out good. Yeah, because if you were in the middle of rolling it, then they would have... Yeah, that would have been a charge. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so lame, man. Like like just like the just all these this war on drugs is what the things that my thing's about, man. But the fact that you that we would have got arrested, I understand if they would have said, We're taking the pot from you and we're telling your parents. Like that's one thing to be like, Hey, your kids shouldn't be smoking weed, they're too young. Boom, done. But to give you a criminal record, now you're not gonna be able to get a job, now you're probably gonna that's how marijuana becomes a gateway to, to harder drugs because it slaps you with a record that fucks up your life. Now you need something a little stronger than pot to soothe that fucking pain of not having a job. So now you're whatever, you know. You said uppers were your thing. Yeah, yeah, at one point. Well, kind of, yeah, I guess. Um, I've since uh, gotten away from all that. So now um, it's more psychedelics. Like, yeah, yeah but, but yeah, definitely. I've, I had a lot of fun on uppers, too. I mean, it was a lot of fun until it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how, pretty much how, how drugs work. They're always fun at first, and then once and, it and that you. shit, that shit sticks with you too. Like fucking doing uppers should change the way your brain works and thinks. Like I'm to the point now where I just don't really care to be around people. <laughs> really, just because. Well, it's just because I feel like you know, like hard drugs will show you the worst of people. It'll show you the worst in what people will do, and yeah, yeah, you get and, to see this different side of of human nature that most people don't get to see. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sticks with me. So a lot of things, like ju- just things way people do somebody else, I'll see some of that. I'll be like, oh, nope, nope, not hanging out with this person because they do that. <laughs> because yeah. they'll, they'll do that, you know, they'll do it to me. I don't know. It's giving me trust issues for sure. I can imagine. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely – now, let me ask you this. if it, Because this is just hypothetical and you might not have an answer for it. But if drugs had 
if you think there was never an under underground drug scene and drugs were just legal, like say cocaine or meth or whatever it is that you were wanting to do, where where there was a place we could get it legally, the one the prices would be a lot cheaper. Also, they mm-hmm. would come with mandatory um, counseling. So if you're like, oh, you know, I, I have a problem with whatever it is. Say you have a problem with cocaine, and you go and they say, all right, we're going to go to this building. You're going to buy cocaine. It's going to be the actual price of cocaine, which is around seven dollars a gram. That's that's actual prices from Colombia. So you're paying seven bucks a gram, but you're say you're paying twenty bucks a gram is the markup for your counseling. So it's an af- mm-hmm. kind of affordable price. Also, you're talking to a counselor. Do you think that your drug problem would have ever reached to anywhere close to what happened with when you were getting it on the streets? Mm, no, because it, it takes it makes it different. If you if you would put it in a store, it takes the shadiness out of it. Exactly. Takes it out of the shady hands. Um, and, which the pri- is, and the price is a big part. When you're having to pay, if you're paying $100 a gram versus $20 a gram, then you got to do <laughs> some different kinds of shit to get that money. You can't just... Well, well one thing I think I've, I've learned is that it, it's it's never a problem until you can't afford it. Well, exactly. I mean, you look at the, like the Wolf of Wall Street, that movie that dude was a mm-hmm. drug fiend. But he was, wasn't yeah. robbing people for him. Well, actually mm-hmm. he was, but, but he... he, yeah. he <laughs> Through stocks and shit, but um, yeah, different different type of robbery. Di- yeah, the kind that happens anyway. But uh, actually, that's a yeah. bad example, really. It does happen anyway. <laughs> it does. He he was robbing people before he started doing drugs. He had so much money, drugs became something he could just do whenever the fuck he wanted. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I've noticed. It's 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 either you can't afford it, or it starts affecting your life, or your health in a negative way. That's when it's a problem. Yeah, and um, just stay in the middle ground. You're good. Exactly, and I think that's the, one of the bigger problems with alcohol because alcohol is affordable for most people because it's legal and it's regulated. But once it starts affecting your he- health and you got liver problems, you start people start turning yellow. It's like, all right, that now alcohol is something. Now you, you can't have do. a problem. Now yeah. you're an alcoholic. Then you're shot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if it's not so with drugs, if it's not the the problem of it being illegal or the the cost, it becomes the problem of health, and that's where drugs like marijuana are so beneficial. Because even when mm-hmm. it was even when they were illegal, the prices weren't too crazy because it was such a popular drug that it was still competitive, and it's a healthy drug, and it's also healthier mm-hmm. when it's legal because you know exactly what you're getting. But I, I don't think yes. the pot we were getting really was laced with anything. It might have happened a few times, but I think for the most part, guarantee we smoked a lot of bugs, bro. But yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, they're in there. You just didn't know it, but there is lots of bugs in that, especially swag. Dude, who knows what we were smoking with the swag? That's what we used to all. That's all we used to be able to get, really. Well, that's that's all there really was. That's what I mean. We were fucking kids. Yeah. Um, So, but yeah, there's lots of bugs in that shit. If you found rope in it, you found bugs in it. I guarantee it. You smoked russet mites, root aphids, canopy aphids, all kinds of different little bugs that black spots or. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's. It's not as bad as like a so I. I went and got my uh, medical card when I first went. There was like it was right when it first got the law first got passed, and mm-hmm. they um they uh they were a lot more strict. So I had to go to actual psychiatrist to get a PTSD diagnosis, and the, so the doctor told me it was this Indian doctor. I'm not going to do his accent because it'll sound racist, and and also I'm not good at doing accents. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, he said uh he said well he's gonna he's a, he said you don't have PTSD. I could just tell you just from talking to you. And I tried to lot you know come up with some shit about my past, but uh, he's like nah. He's like, but I'm going to go ahead and write this diagnosis because I think it's safer for you to buy pot at that store than on the streets because on the streets, they're lacing it with cocaine. 
And I'm thinking like, no, they're not. But I said, I said, okay. Yeah. No one would lace weed with yeah. cocaine unless it was intentional. Yeah, because that's a more expensive substance. He's like, but he said it was so that to get you addicted to the weed. I'm like, that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. But uh, no, if someone's gonna do that, they'd put like fucking like meth or something in it, and then you would know immediately. Yeah, exactly. No, it's like, uh, but it's just this doctor that clearly knew nothing about marijuana. But I was just, I was just like, yeah, you're right, man. So sign that thing, and I'll go to the doctor. But I get that when I finally went to the doctor, it was the story about the doctor. I gave him that diagnosis. He's like, "What do you need this for?" I was like, "I was told." He's like, "Man, you just come in here and say you got whatever. I whatever. Like, I'll just write you." Yeah. They had they had a little <laughs> form to fill out. They kind of pointed me. This one's a yes. This one's a no. This one's yes, 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 no. And this one yes, yes. I was like, tut, 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 tut. here you go. Just wants you in and out, man. Like as fast as you can. Money, time is money. It's just a business, man. Exactly. Exactly. And it's and it's all a charade just to to appease the people, the conservative people that don't want pot around. Like, well, let's make it medical, and then we can kind of make it. People can get it. Well, fuck mm-hmm. that. If I want to get high, I should be able to go as a as a my, as an autonomous adult. Mm-hmm. I should be able to go buy a bag of weed or heroin, whatever the fuck I want to do, and do it by myself. And now, if I become the heroin, is that I understand if I if I get an addiction, there should be some kind of money that goes towards help for people that have problems. But really, ultimately. If it's a free country as it's supposed to be, I should be able to do whatever the fuck I want as long as I'm not hurting anybody. Aren't they already doing that like in like Amsterdam? They are doing that, I believe, in Or they were. I don't think they're doing it anymore, but I know that at one point, I'm pretty sure they were doing it in like Amsterdam. Well, Amsterdam's always always had a very uh, lax tolerance for drugs, and they've had more help for drugs. But I, I, I'm not 100% sure about the history. with. I should, I should actually read a book about the history of Amsterdam and how, how their drug laws were different than other countries. But I know that Portugal decriminalized all drugs, and that was basically what Oregon just did. So that's a help mm-hmm. step in the right direction. But I believe Switzerland did legalize heroin. So you, so, you, But you have to go to a doctor. <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure like you could go in a coffee shop in in amsterdam and buy crack and shit i i honestly don't know i mean i i, I seen a video and watched a guy he, he did it <laughs> well no i i know you, i mean i've just yeah i've seen videos of people talking about you can go to amsterdam and just get the best hair no, this was like a documentary or some oh, shit really? but there was a guy who went and bought crack and he bought it at a fucking coffee shop and was smoking it on the street well that's interesting but, but i've also heard that within the last so many years that they've become much more conservative like by taking like the mushrooms off the shelf and there's shit no like mu- that. There's no mushrooms on the shelf anymore. I, I don't know. Like I'm not sure, but I know they had a lot of issues with that because people were like wigging out and going nuts. So like sucks, they were yeah. trying. I know they were trying to get rid of shit like that. Well, I mean, if you think about it, though, everything what what they need to have is a, a more um, like a little more strict policy on selling it. Like like not necessarily policy, but just the person selling it needs to talk to the people buying it. Like when I go to Colorado and I get a bag of edibles, nobody's telling me, "Hey, don't eat." You know, like be careful with these. But I know the dosage, so I know to be careful. But they have people that don't know what the fuck they're doing eating 100 milligrams for the first time and losing their fucking minds. If I eat 100 milligrams, I would lose my fucking mind. I'm, I'm 10 milligrams tops for me. That, that's, uh, everybody really? Has Vettables? What? Vettables? Yeah. Really? Everybody has oh. different tolerance levels. I know Joe Rogan talks about he likes to do 100 when he does them. Um, and his, his, the guy that works with him, Jamie, can, does like, has done up to 1,500, but he doesn't feel them at all. He has some kind of metabolism problem where he can't, edibles don't affect him. For me, I last yeah, time I, that, I, that's how I am. It doesn't like I can eat as many edibles as I really want to, and I just my body will feel like it's vibrating after so long, and that's about as high as I get. Really? Or I'll go to sleep. That's crazy. But I, I make my own butter and shit too, and make yeah. my own edibles. Well, that's awesome, man. But last time I made my own edibles, I calculated it was probably about twenty-five grams, milligrams, or whatever. I calculated mm-hmm. that after the fact. 
because when I ate it, 25 milligrams put me into the like worst experience. I mean, luckily I knew what it was. I was like, and I, my wife ate it too, and she was miserable. I was like, look, it's three hours to go. It's gonna, we're gonna get through this. But it was like the world was crushing me. I was so high. I was like, oh, I can't go. But I just, I just laid in the bed for three hours, and every time I'd look at the clock, I'd be like, has it been 20 minutes? No, it's been a minute and a half. Like just no time was passing. <laughs> Time is moving really, really, really soon. I <laughs> exactly. think I'm dead. <laughs> We're well, dead. <laughs> but when he came out of it, it was a great story to tell. I don't regret it. It's just like now it's like, be careful with those, man. They're not, like I, I love smoking weed, and I can only get so high when I smoke. I can't smoke myself to that that point. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. But when I, eat, I, 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 I get higher off dabs, man. I've never done a dab because I, I, when I, I was told how high you get off of them, I'm, like, I'm good. I don't need to get that high. <laughs> I just smoke a joint. Yeah. I'm fine. So, I mean, it just depends on how much how hard you hit the dab. I mean, it's so different than fucking smoking off a pin, really. I mean, you can wreck yourself if you really, like, just take a hot dab and don't really know. You're just like, yeah, I'm just going to heat this up and, and yeah. you know, dab it in. And, yeah, you can wreck yourself. It'll hurt. <laughs> but if you once you kind of get it, you know, you know what you're doing. It doesn't it doesn't hurt as bad yeah. unless you want it to. <laughs> I just like me and pot have a relationship now where it's like I use it. I almost microdose pot. You know, I take a few hits in the morning, a few hits in the afternoon, and then I'll have a few mm. beers at night. But uh, me and mushrooms have a more of a relationship now because I, I eat them almost every day. And I do it. I do a good trip about once a month or once every two months. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't. I can't even be able to find them right lately here. Like I, I did have a guy I was getting them from and I'd keep an ounce at a time. That's like, what I you do. Know, once, my, once my ounce ran out, I'd go buy another ounce. And, but he doesn't sell them anymore. And, well, um, I will bring you a present when I come up. Yay! And we'll do, and Don't get pulled over. <laughs> right there. Yeah, you should just come down here one weekend, man. I will. I have, uh, an extra, I have an extra bedroom. All right. Yeah, I'll come up, um, I don't know, sometime over the summer. Uh, I'll, I'll come up for a night or two. Rayburn lives in uh, Mobile, Alabama, so he's only an hour or two from you. Yeah. He, he was saying if I come up and see you, he'd come meet, meet us down like Pensacola or somewhere, hit the beach or something. Yeah, Pensacola is like two hours from here. That's what I like about Tallahassee. It's centrally located, everything. So everything's like a couple hours away. What's the closest beach to you? Oh, God. Panama <laughs> you could, City? You, nah, well, I mean, I guess, no, nah, St. George. Hmm. St. George Island. It's out like in the uh, the Gulf Gulf. Like, right, gotcha. right. Have you ever been to Florida, but, Bama? Nah. Some some famous restaurant that's supposed to have like Mystic Powers or something. It's on the border of Florida and Alabama. No, I haven't been out that way. Hmm. Well, yeah. it'll be something to check out if we come up there. But yeah, it'd be cool to come up there for a few days and kick it with you, man. Haven't seen you since my sister's wedding. Oh, yeah, that was fun. She was so mad that night. She was. Cause we, cause, uh, you, 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 we stayed up drinking. Yeah, we stayed up with drinking her, with, with the her husband to be. <laughs> yes, and um, yeah, she was like 3 o'clock in the morning, I think, and he was getting married the next day. She was pretty mad at us. She was. That's my sister, sorry. Kristen. So, sorry, sorry, Kristen. Yeah, she was uh, She was the <laughs> second guest on the podcast for my listeners. Uh, she married yeah. Dustin's cousin, Kyle. I think we can all laugh about it now, though. Oh, of course. She laughs about it now, but she, she, well, she did the wedding, like, super early. And, um, well, I had never, I had never seen her that mad. I'd never really, I see, I see her mad every once in a while, but not that mad. No, she was pissed. She was mad at me, too. She's made all of us, I think. <laughs> yeah, but something to do with her, you know, we'll, 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 we'll save this conversation for later. This isn't podcast mm. material. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it was funny. It was definitely funny. We had a, that was a fun night, man. We got fucking hammered. Hammered. It's, it's, hammered. it's the night before the wedding. Were, were you a groomsman? I don't think so. Okay, so it was you, me, and, and the groomsman, which was, I guess, no, no, yeah, I, I just was, his two I brothers. Must have been just his yeah, two I was brothers. Yeah, I was just there. Yeah, yeah, I was just there, too. 
I played music the next day, but that was awful. I was like, I hadn't, like, you know, super hungover trying to sing after a night of smoking cigarettes and drinking. I was like, trying to, ugh, like, this sucks. Well, hey, hey, you did just fine. Yeah, I did. That's what they get for wanting me to play music at their wedding. Can I just have fun? Do I have to work? <laughs> yep, you got to work too, bro. <laughs> played music at two of my sister's weddings. But, um, oh, whatever. Nice. It's, a, it's a wedding gift. Yeah. But, um. Well, listen, I'm going to get off here because I actually have another guy coming over in about 10 minutes. He's going to be doing a sit-down podcast here. But I wanted to get you on here. When I come up there, we'll do a sit-down. We'll do we'll do a, get a full hour in and do a, we'll do a, like a full podcast because I'd love to sit down and talk with you in person. Also, man, it's yeah. good, good to see you. Good to talk to you. Yeah, but it's good to see you too, man. Cool, man. And I'll, I'll hit you up um, about coming up there maybe uh, sometime this early summer. Yeah, dude, just let me know, man. I, mean, I ain't moving anywhere anytime soon. So. All right, cool, man. Well, keep up the good work at the place that you are working at. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I will. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and um, I'll talk to you soon, dude. All right, bud. All right, later. All right, later. All right. That does it for this week's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'll definitely have to have Dustin back uh, once marijuana goes recreational here in Florida, and we can talk about it more openly. And I'm sorry if that was slightly discouraging. Uh, there's nothing I hate more than hearing someone holding back. But in our kindergarten country, sometimes we have to to protect our reputations, our relationships, and most importantly, our livelihoods. And um, I say that that is the most important thing as someone with no children. Because if you have children, the most important thing, um, especially if you're raising young children, is you risk having them taken away by the government for admitting to smoking marijuana. A mother smoking marijuana will, under most circumstances, cause no harm to her children, and only some very rare exceptions such as like a mother smoking with her children or getting so baked they neglect their children, both of which I would say are factors related uh, more to mental health and not drugs. And um, 999 times out of 1,000, the more detrimental thing for the child would be that they were taken from their mothers and placed into foster care. Um, you know, this actually brings me to a, a, t- a tangent involving two chains, the rapper, and Nancy Grace. Um, this will be real quick and then we'll be done. Uh, so 2 chains, the rapper Nancy Grace, they were arguing about marijuana legalization. And of course, she was opposed and 2 chains was for it. And uh, naturally, um, that racist bitch chose a, chose a rapper named 2 chains to go up against because she thought it'd be an easy win. And of course, she lost because he was clearly more intelligent. And also, the topic is an easy one to debate. Um also, I don't actually know why she had him on, but that's the reason I came up with. It kind of makes sense. But uh, her gotcha video clip was of these two uh, very young, um, like still in diapers young uh, black children that were smoking blunts. She argued that this is a world with legal pot, even though she failed to realize that this was a video released under marijuana prohibition. But the one point that I would have brought up would have been that this isn't a video on of the effects of legal marijuana. It's a video of child abuse, you dumb redneck. Some kids beat their children with belts. Should we outlaw belts? Fuck no, we shouldn't. We use them to hold up our pants. So instead of outlawing and and ripping them from the belt loops of men across America, we just arrest the people who use them for child abuse. And the crime is not possession of a belt, it's abuse of a child. Okay, Nancy? But 2 chains held it down and made her look stupid anyway. All right, that's the end of my tangent. Thanks for being on, Dustin. See you soon. And um, catch you guys next week. Peace Peace out. Peace out.